December has arrived. Hello and welcome in to y'all. And we've got that 12th month of the year underway. And we're going to get underway here in a moment with a great, great start to the month that Santa Claus comes around. John Rawl is my name. Ho, ho, ho. Good to be back with you as we've got three hours of Southern conversation coming your way. We put the mouth, the mouth of the South puts the South in your mouth. Did I get that right? It sounds good enough. We are going to have a game, a dang good time talking about what's going on in the South. Some political news. How about that? Entertaining, I guess, would be one way to describe it. Entertainment debate that happened on Thursday evening from Alpharetta, Georgia. Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, the governors of Florida and California, going up against each other. We've got some audio from that that we're going to play in our second hour of today's Y'all show, but overall, I thought Sean Hannity did a good job. If you did not have a chance to see that debate, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. And again, we've got some audio that we'll play for you in our second hour of our Y'all show headlines. Also in our news headlines today, it's a busy day in Washington, D.C., and this does not involve necessarily a Southern guy, but another guy that's intriguing, and that's George Santos as Congress today is going to be voting whether to expel Representative Santos from Congress. And I've got a lot to say about that. That's coming up in our headlines. We'll give you the latest out of Washington, D.C. about the New York congressman. Also, do you remember a while back, family dollar stores had a rat infestation? Well, there's been a settlement in that case, and there's a chance out there if you're in certain southern states, you might have a chance to get a $25 gift card at Family Dollar, and I'll let you know how and what and how to sign up or or whatever you need to do to get your shopping spree at Family Dollar. Also, it is a new month. It also marks December 1st, the end of hurricane season, and we'll have a little bit to say about that in our news headlines today. And we also have some stories coming to you from the state of Tennessee, where in Nashville, some good news, some some news that you're just not expected to hear in the Bidenomics world that we live in. Believe it or not, Nashville International Airport there, just east of downtown Nashville, is going to start providing free and reduced rate short-term parking areas. You heard me, free parking at Nashville's airport. You might have to walk about 20 miles But uh, sure enough, that's the headline out of Middle Tennessee. And no matter where you are in the South, you might just decide to fly out of BNA now because you can get free parking in at least certain areas of that airport. We've got that, plus Governor Greg Abbott making headlines today. But it's not for the usual hardcore political talk that he's known to talk about and the hardcore political figures that he surrounds himself with. Now, this is a pretty neat story coming out of the Lone Star State that we'll tell you about. All that in our news headlines on this Friday, y'all, show. We also have in our opening hour, before we get out of here this first hour, in case y'all missed it, I-C-Y-M-I, and we're going to rewind back a few days ago when we had a discussion about canning. And I'm going to tell you about some best days to can and how you can pickle veggies and fruit. What What's the best days to do that? And those days are pretty close by. Just a handful of days is the day that the Farmer's Almanac says. So we're going to go back to a discussion from earlier in the week where we talked about canning tips 
and what days to can. All that is part of our ICYMI this hour. It's called In Case Y'all Missed It. Hour two today, we've got Paul Hare dropping by, Hare with the Hare Financial Group, and he's got something to say about politics and how that affects your checkbook and your pocketbook and all the other places that you store your money. Paul Hare dropping by with a recap of what's happened on the market and also what's going on in December as we got retailers trying to hopefully cash in big with sales during this final month of the year and that financial report coming up hour two. We also have a Dixie Cinema report where we tell you about new movies hitting theaters. And this weekend, there's a new movie called The Shift. And there's an actress that is an Oklahoma State University alumnae that is part of this new movie. And she is a beautiful and talented rising actress that grew up partially in Texas and still lives in that area. Elizabeth Tabish is her name. And she's an actress on this new movie called The Shift. And we're going to hear from her as part of our Dixie Cinema Spotlight in our second hour, plus a new movie called Silent Night hitting theaters, all that plus a little Napoleon talk. <laughs> all that is coming up in hour number two today. And then in our final hour, we always kick it off here on Fridays with a little David Lee Murphy and party crowd to get you in a festive mood for the weekend. So that's coming up. Plus, it is December today, and there's no better song to kick off the month of December than the hag Merle Haggard's If We Make It Through December. I'm going to tell you a little bit more of the history of Merle's song and more about this guy who should have been born and bred and raised his whole life in the South, but somehow California got in the way. But he was a Southerner at heart. Merle Haggard, and If We Make It Through December. More on that great country music song coming hour number three. Plus, we've got some social media fun coming up called Hashtag Huddleblue. And in that report today... We're going to talk about Stucky's pecan logs. Have you seen a Stucky's lately? There are still some out there on the roadways of the South, and someone brought up Stucky's pecan logs and the Stucky's pit stops that you see when you travel, or, or especially in the old days in the South. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more of the histories, the history of Stucky's, and how the granddaughter of the founder, a former state representative in the state of Georgia, how she has now taken the company back into family hands, and she's really getting rather active with the revival of Stuckies. So we're going to let you know all about that in our hashtag hullabaloo in our final hour, plus snow in the south. I'm not saying it's coming this weekend. I'm not saying it's coming anytime soon, but someone's talking about it on social media, and I'll talk about it with you all in our final hour. Plus, before we get out of here today, we have a neat little southern, normally this is where we talk a little food stuff, but this one is a little different. Today, as we get ready to send off the Y'all Show for the week, I've got a report on how to make your house smell like Christmas. And there's some ways you can make that happen. And that's going to be a helpful thing that we're going to give to you before we sign off for the week. All that right here on the Friday Y'all Show. To get involved, you can email us, M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com. You also can text us as we have our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week text lines available. And we encourage you to do that, No, again, as I said, 
And you can text us 615-208-4184. And those texts come right to us here at the show that shakes the Southland. Well, Thursday night on the Fox News channel, Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom were shaking things up as they had this red state, blue state debate that Sean Hannity hosted in prime time on Fox. And it was a rather entertaining and it was a rather real debate. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, by how well this thing turned out. I would say far better, and and I'm not the only one that said this, one of the pundits said it on Fox, far better than any of the all-Republican debates that we've already seen. This was good. And this helped Ron DeSantis to some degree, this debate. It showed that he's a serious guy. He's a, he's a guy that would be perfect at president. I'm just not sure he could be president in 2025 when he potentially is sworn in in D.C. in that year. But he's a he's a gifted guy. He's a smart guy, and he and Newsom of California went after it. And I've got to give a lot of credit to Gavin Newsom. He is, if you're a Democrat, he is a shining star for your party. He represents liberal America quite well. His only fault, he's a white guy. Other than that, this guy knows his stuff. He He's very well-spoken. He is smart. And I just, I, I think he is somebody that if he wanted to run for president, he would give anybody a run for the money. But that party is so racially... I wouldn't say divided. They're so racially motivated, I guess would be the better term. And I just can't see how he could be the future of the Democratic Party. But boy, is he good. He he is dang good. And overall, it was a a very well-run debate from Alpharetta, Georgia. I'm not sure how that town got picked to be the home of this. But one thing that came out of this is that Ron DeSantis trying to Get a little bit more attention for his 2024 presidential effort. And on this stage, he didn't have to worry about fellow Republicans. He was trying to defend his record as governor of the Sunshine State. And he did it pretty well. And then, as I said, Newsom, who came guns blazing, he did exactly what you would think a liberal governor from California would do. He hit home on the matters that make Republicans a little uneasy, and that would be abortion and how in Florida DeSantis signed a six-week abortion limit type deal. And I don't know all the ins and outs of that bill, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you what exactly it means, but it, it it's pretty radical from a conservative standpoint in the, in the Sunshine State. And then another big talking point that Newsom was hitting DeSantis on was the banning of books and the limitation of books in Florida's school libraries. And that sounds on the surface horrible, but DeSantis was taking time to bring up some of the books and the subject matter. I think it fell on deaf ears for the most part. Newsom looked better on that because the last thing any American wants to hear is limitation of free speech. And as much as some of these books are borderline pornographic, 
it's uh, not a good look for Republicans when they're trying to gain ground that they're having to defend this kind of talk. What he should do, and he did echo this a little bit, but he just needed to not try to take credit for the limitation of books as governor of Florida, but he needed to remind people that in Florida we let the local school districts and the local officials make those kind of decisions, and as governor, I support that. That's all he had to say, but I think there's a little bit of a fence riding going on with DeSantis where he tries to take credit for a lot of the conservative things that have happened in his state, but some of those things, mm, I'm not sure he directly had something to do with it. But Florida, again, as brought out, convincingly reelected Ron DeSantis, and he gained a lot of ground with Hispanic voters in his 20, was it 2020 reelection? No, 2022. That's right. He was reelected in 2022. And he is a, a guy again, just like Gavin Newsom, someone on his side of the aisle that represents the future. But one little zinger as the debate wrapped up, <laughs> Gavin Newsom said that, you know, we've got our differences, Ron DeSantis and I, but one thing that he and I share is that neither one of us will be our respective party's nominee for president in 2024. Ouch! Ouch, that was that was pretty bad. And I've got, again, audio coming in from Thursday night's debate that we'll share with you before we get out of here. We'll have that lined up for you in our second hour. More political news as we continue on with the headlines on this Friday. George Santos, I know he's a fast-talking guy, a fast-talking fraudster, it appears, from Long Island, but he is the politician of the day across the country because today history could be made as the first-term congressman from New York could be kicked out of office. Congress is going to be voting on whether to expulsion, to have an expulsion of Santos as a lawmaker from the Empire State. And he could become the first congressman in America's history, I think I'm right on this, to be kicked out of office before he's actually been found guilty or before taking arms and putting on a gray uniform to fight for the Confederate States of America. I don't think he's got a CSA uniform. He's not going to go join Robert E. Lee, Marsh Robert, and fight. And he hasn't been convicted of anything. He's been reported and he's been investigated. And there's all kinds of things going on to try to make sense of some of the questionable things that he's done. By no means is George Santos an Eagle Scout here, y'all. But he hasn't been found guilty. And so if Congress indeed today kicks him out of office... That really is a low mark for our, in my opinion, our legislative body because you have to have due process. And I hope today that he is not kicked out of office. I know he's (laughs) not a very good look right now for the Republican Party. And his own fellow lawmakers from the state of New York are the ones pushing harder than anybody to kick him out of office. They don't like the guy. They see him as a a very much baggage for their efforts to get more Republican voters in the state of New York and, frankly, more Republican voters nationwide. And today, Santos, it's going to be 
tough for him. He, he's got to have, let's see here, two-thirds of Congress has to vote in favor of expulsion for him to be kicked out. So he's just hoping that the numbers aren't quite there. If I were a Democrat, I mean, he's already said he's not going to run for re-election. If I were a Democrat, I'd, I'd keep him around. I'd vote to not have expulsion of George Santos. I think if you're a Democrat, you want to keep the George Santoses front and center for the Republican Party. You want to keep the Marjorie Greens and Lauren Boberts and even Matt Gaetzes out there visible. You don't need to have as Republicans people who are in office, but you don't even know who they are, which is the case for almost all of them. But right now, the Republicans may be outshining the Democrats when it comes to the uh, notoriety, and not always in a good thing. The dumpster fire, if you will, of politics seems to be maybe the, the scales of that seem to be tilting a little bit more on the Republicans because of the characters on that side of the aisle. Yes, the Democrats have Alexandria Cortez, and they've got a few others like Tlaib on their side, but there are hundreds of people in Congress that you've never seen, heard, and may never see or hear their names mentioned or their voices heard. They're just there voting. They're doing their thing, and and then they move on and do whatever they do when they go back to their congressional district. Santos is not a good look for Republicans. And look, Democrats aren't, they're not dumb. They're, they're likely today to support keeping him around. We'll just have to see how that vote goes. Again, today in the halls of Congress, there's going to be a vote on whether to expulse, to have an expulsion of George Santos of New York State. We'll let you know how that goes. That's a look at some of our headlines. We've got a few more that we're going to jump to before we move over later in the hour to ICYMI. This is Y'all, powered by Y'all.com, the South's homepage. Make sure you go there. We've got some awesome new stories up, and you'll enjoy reading all about them right at Y'all. That's Y-A-L-L.com. We're back here after this with more headlines of the day. This is the show that shakes the Southland. had that act on their label back in 1994. John and his sister Audrey, John and Audrey Wiggins, the name of that act there, and song that got up there a little bit on the charts. Falling Out of Love. Love that yodeling. Now I don't judge 
We're back here on the Y'all Show talking headlines across the southeast of the United States here on this first day of December. And this is a story that may affect some of y'all out there. If you're a family dollar shopper, that is. Right now, Family Dollar is proposing to give $25 gift cards to shoppers in a couple of southern states. And that's because of a rat infestation at the company's Arkansas warehouse. And you might remember that from earlier this year, I believe it's when that happened. And because of that rat infestation, they had to close Family Dollar more than 400 stores in these various southern states. And so under a proposed settlement of a class action lawsuit filed in Memphis this week, Family Dollar is going to give $25 gift cards to shoppers who bought any product between January 2020 and February 18th of 2022. I mean, that's over two years, according to this. And that's when 404 stores were closed. Now, I go to Family Dollar a lot. I I like Family Dollar. And every time I go in there, I think I'm going to see a rat, but not necessarily coming from the distribution center from the particular stores I go in. But the good news is Family Dollar, I I still haven't seen one. Thank goodness. And again, little little varmint aren't just in these kind of stores. They're in all kinds of stores. I've seen them in Wally World. I've seen them in Home Depots. Uh, I've seen them in people's houses. I've seen them at my office. So, yeah, we've got these little creatures everywhere. But there was an infestation at the Family Dollar Warehouse in eastern Arkansas, just on the other side of the uh, bridge from Memphis is where that warehouse was located. And so 404 stores ended up being closed in Alabama, in Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, and in Tennessee. And so $25 gift cards are going to be available. You can go, let me check on this link real quick. There's a link that you can go to submit your claim. I wonder if you've got to show a receipt. You know what? I think I've got receipts because I'm just that kind of guy. There is a link that you can find at this, uh, write this down, y'all, fdwarehousesettlement.com slash submit dash claim. I'm sure if you just go to FD as in family dollar, fdwarehousesettlement.com, you'll probably be able to find this. But this is uh, a claim that you can fill out in regarding Family Dollar Stores, Inc. and their pet infestation litigation. This is a case filed in the United States District Court for the Western District of Tennessee. And it's case, in case you're a legal person out there, case number 2 colon 22 dash md dash 03032 dash shl dash tmp i repeat this case of family dollar stores incorporated against uh i guess the united states district court of tennessee against them case number 2 colon 22 dash md dash 03032 dash shl dash tmp go there and submit your claim and get your 25 dollar gift card to family dollar again over 400 stores closed in alabama arkansas louisiana mississippi missouri and in tennessee and family dollar trying to 
make good on this. If you are in those states and you file a settlement, you have until January 9th to submit a claim. A court hearing on final approval of the settlement scheduled for April 5th. And all this stems from, it's been more than a year. In February 2022, Family Dollar voluntarily recalled some products due to the, quote, presence of rodents and rodent activity at their Family Dollar Distribution Center in West Memphis, Arkansas. And products involved in the recall included drugs, medical devices, dietary supplements, and food for humans and pets. Woo! Not a good look for Family Dollar. And I've seen some of their stores close in the last year. The one closest to me has closed down. Now, it was pretty run down, and they they didn't put a lot of effort into keeping it up, but you know, I, I'm not looking for a Taj Mahal when I'm going into a place like <laughs> Family Dollar. I just want to get in there and get my stuff and get out of there. Uh, they're a pretty good place, in my opinion, Family Dollar, if you got one near you to go get you some snacks. I like their candy and snacks that they offer there in the good old FD, but this rat infestation. And that could happen to any, any major company. But unfortunately, they're the ones that got caught. And I've been in the Memphis area and seen rats. I've seen rats in downtown Memphis that are bigger than any cat. I've seen them to where they come up to my kneecap. And guess what? I'm a tall guy. I've been driving in the streets of Memphis right across from the river where this Family Dollar warehouse was. I've driven the streets of Memphis early in the morning. And I could have easily run over those gigantic rats on the streets of Memphis. They were so big, they barely moved across the street and looking back maybe i should have got it out of its misery but eh, it's a bad memory and evidently some of those memphis rats have swam the mighty mississippi over to west memphis and arkansas and caused a lot of problems at family dollar and i'm sure they've got that under control now but a 25 dollar gift card y'all if you're interested in getting back into Family Dollar and having a shopping spree just in time for Christmas, maybe. Thursday was the final day of hurricane season. Now that it's officially December, we're behind the 2023 hurricane season. And you know what? We had a, uh, I'm sure the handful of places that were affected by these things would disagree, but y'all, we had a very easy 2023 hurricane season here in the south we didn't have any major hurricanes hit really the east coast the only hurricane of note to my knowledge was the one that came in in that corner of florida that they call what do they call that the big bend area of florida which is extremely remote and so therefore a lot of trees and swamps but not necessarily lots of houses and people and that thing likely did more damage around Valdosta, Georgia, and into the Carolinas than it even did in Florida. That a good thing. But we had a total of 19 named storms and one unnamed storm during the 2023 hurricane season. And that was actually the fourth year. This has been the fourth year in the history, number four for the most named storms in a year. But we got real lucky. With Hurricane Adalia and Tropical Storm Ophelia, those did make impacts. As the Adalia is the one that came across that 
Big Bend area, Florida, to the southeast of Tallahassee and caused problems there. But overall, we dodged the bullet. Uh, Hurricane Adalia was the only U.S. landfalling hurricane as it came ashore as a Category 3 at Keaton Beach, Florida, back on August 30th. And then you did have a tropical storm hit Emerald Isle in North Carolina back in September, and that would be Tropical Storm Ophelia. Those two really the only ones that even really caused any kind of problems in the South. And you talk about a, a lucky, lucky region. And we needed this. We've been hit hard, especially Louisiana in recent years, having multiple hurricanes and more. And we can now take a breath, uh, good breather from having to worry about hurricanes. That is until June 1st comes around next year. That's the next hurricane season starts on that day. So this is the time of year now that we're out of hurricane season. If you live in any area of the South that is affected by hurricanes to get your supplies stocked up, to come up with plans of what you can do to get out of the area. If a hurricane comes your way or the potential threat of a hurricane, we're trying to keep y'all safe, keep y'all going across the Southeast. Let's talk about Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. He is a guy that gets a lot of attention. He won his reelection last year as governor of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott, if you know anything about him, for many, many years, the 66-year-old has been in a wheelchair as he's been paralyzed from the waist down since a tree fell on him as a young law school student. The Vanderbilt alum, Greg Abbott. And so he hasn't been able to, to walk. He, he's been paralyzed all these years. So what is that? Nearly 50 years Greg Abbott has been in a wheelchair. Well, a story coming out of Texas here this week as Greg Abbott went to Fentress, Texas earlier in the week, and he did what's called a tandem jump from about 8,000 feet above Fentress. And he makes history jumping out of a plane, Greg Abbott, alongside a 106-year-old World War II veteran. A tandem dry, a tandem jump. The three-term Republican governor of Texas, his first time skydiving, completed the tandem jump at this town in Texas located between Austin and San Antonio. And again, one of his buddies up there was Al Blaschke, a 106-year-old WW2 veteran. Now, Blaschke is a previous Guinness World Record title holder for the oldest tandem skydive participant. Last month, actually, a 104-year-old Chicago woman skydived in an effort to become the new record holder, and she died a week after her jump. But Greg Abbott doing this on Monday. And is that something y'all wanted to do, jump out of a plane? Not something I'm signing up to do right right this second. But when I see people like Greg Abbott, a governor of a state, a guy that's been in a wheelchair for 50 years, if he's got the courage to go up there and jump, hmm, maybe, maybe I should too.
And, and, a, and a personal note for me, as Abbott is up here this week jumping with a World War II veteran, and I'm not sure if the veteran was a paratrooper during the war. I don't have his service record in front of me, but nonetheless, a hero, and a 106-years-old hero, by the way. But my own great-uncle was a paratrooper in World War II and was killed fighting at the Battle of the Bulge. I named my son after my great-uncle. And so if my great-uncle, back at a time period where I'm sure the parachutes weren't quite as good as they are today and they had people shooting at them when they jumped out of planes, if he was willing to jump out of a plane and fight for his country, I'm sure I could probably jump out of a plane just for fun as I don't think we've got to worry about bullets coming down when we jump out of planes these days, especially in Fentress, Texas. <laughs> but a, a nice story to cover here on Greg Abbott. He's a, he's a busy guy. Remember just a couple of weeks ago, he was on the border with President Trump, and he announced his support as he has endorsed President Trump already for 2024. And I, I'm not so sure that Greg Abbott might not be on the short list if Trump got the nomination to be Trump's vice president. I mean, Abbott is a savvy politician. He's a smart guy, and he comes from a very important state in Texas. And his, just like I was talking earlier in the show, his fault might be that he's a white guy, but his positive might be that he's a disabled white guy. He's handicapable, and that might be enough to get past the fact that he's another white guy. But we've seen one of our greatest presidents serve the office in a wheelchair. That would be Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And if Roosevelt was a guy that could get us out of World War II and and do it on two fronts victoriously, Greg Abbott, in my opinion, could do a great job as a vice president, potentially a president if need be one day. But uh, kudos for him for surviving the 8,000-feet jump above his beloved Texas and also an even bigger congratulations to the 106-year-old World War II veteran that joined him on that jump. Uh, Al Blatchkey having a good time this week skydiving in the Lone Star State. We're going to dive into a commercial break right here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we've got... I see why am I, in case y'all missed it, this is where we pull up something from earlier in the week and we play a little bit of it for you in case you missed it. And we're going to be talking about canning. Yes, canning is something that a lot of you across the South might enjoy doing from time to time. And we've got some tips on that that we'll be passing along in case you don't have a weekend activity plan. We will get you all focused on canning, y'all. I see why. Am I? In case y'all missed it, it's up next.
We're back here on the Y'all Show, wrapping up our opening hour on this Friday. I-C-Y-M-I coming at you in just a sec. We'll talk about canning, but let's go to the phone lines here of the Y'all Show and welcome in this caller. Hello. How are you today? How can we help you? Are you there? Going once. Going twice. All right. Okay, sometimes that happens here. You can always reach us here at the Y'all Show. Again, one of the ways you can do that is through our email address, mail at yall.com. I-C-Y-M-I is where we have a chance to tell you about what's happened on the Y'all Show throughout the week. And earlier in the week on Wednesday, we had a discussion on canning. Yes, again, if you don't have a weekend plan, a great fun activity plan for the weekend, consider canning. And there's a good day to do it coming up a couple of days, actually, coming up real soon. And again, from Wednesday, we had this discussion on canning. And let's go in and hear more about it here on the Y'all Show. It's I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it, from Wednesday's Y'all Show. And one of our great traditions in the South is canning. And so today, as part of our Southern Food for Thought, we've got a couple of food-related canning, specifically related items to bring across as we found the article, best days to can are pickle, veggies, and fruit. And I'm going to take a few moments to talk about that. Then I've actually got a YouTube video that I found of a YouTuber, a great video from Adeline Zook about canning 101. And she's got a very helpful demonstration of, I think it's called bathtub canning or water tub or water you know i wasn't paying attention when she started talking about it now that i think about it you know i need to go to this 101 course and i will but we've got that coming up in just a second but first let me tell you again the best days to can or pickle vegetables and fruit there's an article posted at almanac.com that gives us a great great kind of guide for this so according to this it's time to prepare Pair the harvest. There are the best days to can or pickle fruits and vegetables from the Old Farmer's Almanac. And again, this comes to us from almanac.com. According to this article, the five next best days to can or pickle vegetables and fruit based on the moon's sign, December 9th, December 10th. So you got just over a week and a half before you realize those are the best days to can or pickle vegetables and fruit based on the moon. (laughs) All right, that again, a little bit of our conversation from earlier in this week about canning. And you can go to our Wednesday Y'all Show on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Apple Tunes. You can catch the podcast and hear that whole conversation on canning. Plus, on Wednesday show, we talked about Alec Murdoch, and we also talked about actress Anna Ferris all on Wednesday show. You know, we got a great blend of all kind of stuff on every y'all show. We got two more hours of this Friday y'all show coming at you after this break.
Continuing on with more of our first day of December broadcast, we are the Y'all Show. John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, great to have you, my fellow Southern generals, as we've got another couple of hours of Southern conversation queued up and coming at you. Our email address is mail at yall.com. Our text line available 24-7-615-208-4184. This hour, we got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group coming on to help us make sense of Bidenomics and much, much more. He'll be on in the next segment. Before we get out of here this hour, we've got our look at the movies, what's going to the box office this weekend. It's Dixie Cinema is what we call it. And we're going to introduce you to Elizabeth Tabish. She's an actress. She's in a brand new movie called The Shift. And she has connections to both Oklahoma and Texas. We'll hear from her, talk about her acting and more. She actually played Mary Magdalene in an awesome, awesome production. So we'll let you know more about this beautiful and talented actress from the Texas, Oklahoma area. Elizabeth Tabish, also a new movie called Silent Night hitting theaters this weekend. All that's coming before we get out of here in our second hour. And again, we've got more fun coming in hour number three today here on Y'all. We start off, though, with more headlines across the southeast today. And the big story from Thursday was Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida and the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, gathered in the suburban area known as Alpharetta, north of Atlanta, and they got together there Thursday to have the Red State, Blue State debate. And this was aired on Fox News Channel. Sean Hannity hosted it. I thought it was a very entertaining. I thought it was a very, it was, it was good TV. Kudos to Fox for putting this on. And if you were a person that had been wondering, did Ron DeSantis have what it took to, to run for president? I thought he did very well. And I thought Gavin Newsom, if you're a fan of his, he he did very well. He's by far more skilled and gifted and ready to be perceived as a worldwide leader than the guy sitting in the Oval Office today, if you're a Democrat. I mean, Newsom is a sharp cookie. Biden, uh, maybe in his prime, um, not, not so much, but... Newsom says he's not running. And DeSantis was calling what Newsom's doing, including being a part of this red state blue day debate. Newsom called it a shadow campaign for president. And Newsom kind of denying that. It was, again, I thought overall a very good debate. I thought this did more for DeSantis than what he's been doing in the other debates where he was up against other people on the Republican side trying to get the nomination for that party and take over against Donald Trump to try to make sense of that race there, the 2024 Republican bid for president. Let's go now and hear some clips from this DeSantis-Newsom debate as it, again, was broadcast Thursday evening. The Republican from Florida, the Democrat from California, the governors of their respective states. And here is a little bit of the vitriol that was going on if you tuned in Thursday. Joe Biden is sitting on his hands. He refuses to take care of the border. He refuses to hold the drug cartels accountable. This is the vision of Biden, Harris, Newsom. I support border security. I think the asylum system is broken. 
I believe that we need. I understand that. I, I'm the one that I'm the only guy here. that's a border state governor. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games, to try to get some news and attention so you can out Trump Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. Everybody. Biden administration, the last three years, it's is been a master. Joe Biden paying you tonight? 3.9%. I thought this was state versus state. No, but it's about the United States of America. I thought this guy was running for president of the United States. If you are running too. For you just won't admit running it. For a third you just, you just like won't admit it. You will not admit it. Is Joe Biden experiencing this uh, cognitive decline? Is it a danger to the country? Do you find when he speaks, what is your reaction to it? Yes, he's in decline. Yes, it's a danger to the country. He has no business running for president. And, you know, Gavin Newsom agrees with that. He won't say that. That's why he's running his shadow campaign. We'll take Joe Biden at 100 versus Ron DeSantis any day of the week at any age. You had quarantines. You had quarantines. You had checkpoints all over the state of, Cal uh, of Florida. By the way, I didn't say that. Donald Trump laid you out on this. Dead to right. You that's did that. True. You followed science. You followed Fauci. That's Ron not, that's not he followed science. That's not he true. followed. You had more kids locked out of school for a longer period of time in California than anywhere else in the country. It was the working class kids. It was the middle income kids. His kids were in private school. They were in class. We'll in get, we'll get, slow down. I want everyone to be heard. If I can ask you, I really do want this to breathe. I want this debate to breathe. I want it to organically develop. Uh, to do that, I need both your cooperation. I don't want to be a hall monitor. It's not my style, all right? This is a book that's in some of the schools in California, Florida, this is not consistent with our standards, called Gender Queer. I, it's, some of it's blacked out. You would not probably be able to put this on air. This is pornography. It's cartoons. It's aimed at children. Uh, and it's wrong. So this should not be in schools. Those books, do you believe that's appropriate for school districts to teach kids, yes or no? Not, come on, those are not, it's not part of the curriculum. They're not teaching those kids are the, that. that was, not those a, are books that were in school. Hold on, hold on. The bottom line is you are on a book-banning binge, your state. 1,406 books, 3,362 in this country. You didn't answer, what about those no books? Force. That's not, we don't provide for K through third grade education, that kind of curriculum. It's just made up. These guys make it up. It's part of this cultural purge. Should it it's be? It's just a made-up What grade, up what grade would it be what acceptable? I find, but what I find offensive, Sean and Ron, what I find offensive is the a very significant number of these books happen to be LGBTQ books. Joe Biden is in the pocket of the teachers' union, and so is Kamala Harris. That's why they fought the way, school openings Kamala when, Harris. when he Shame came in you. there. It's Kamala when they had Harris, that in Ron. It's Kamala Biden Harris, came into office, Madam and he Vice brought in President the teacher to union Kamala to be Harris. able to... This, he is, needs it. this is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. Wow, what a... Interesting debate and, and, again, entertaining. And kudos to DeSantis and Gavin Newsom for showing up in Alpharetta and doing this thing. One of the zingers there at the end was that Governor Newsom said that one thing that he and Ron DeSantis have in common, that they each would not be representing their parties on the ballot in 2024 for president of the United States. Ouch, ouch, that hurt. But uh, that was the, again, debate from Alpharetta, Georgia, that was broadcast on Fox News Channel on Thursday evening. Today in Washington, D.C., George Santos facing a vote whether he is going to be kicked out of office. There are a lot of Republicans, especially from his home state of New York, that are in favor 
of giving George the bus ticket back to Long Island. We'll see if he survives. Two-thirds of Congress must vote to purge him before he is actually kicked out of office. But if he were to be kicked out, he would be the first congressman who has been kicked out of office who hasn't already been found either guilty of some kind of crime or served in the Confederate Armed Forces back in the American Civil War. I don't think he's ready to cross over the Potomac and fight for the good old CSA anytime soon. I would like to see him survive this vote today and continue serving. Uh, But if he's found guilty now, kick him out. I'm okay with that. makes perfect sense in, in my opinion. Some good news if you're a frequent flyer at the Nashville International Airport as BNA is now providing free and reduced rate short-term parking areas, and they're doing this to reduce traffic. The airport announcing the move after a heavily congested week of traffic over the Thanksgiving holiday. The airport said rates apply to Terminal Garage 1 and 2 with 85 designated spots for short-term parking in TG1. This parking addition is aimed at providing more convenient options to pick up family and friends. Visitors to the airport in Nashville coming to retrieve someone will be offered free or reduced rate parking in terminal garages with rates varying based on the duration of the day. So if you're in there, I mean, look at these rates. Zero to 30 minutes, zero dollars. But if you're there 45, up to 45 minutes beyond 30 minutes, it's five dollars. Then if you're there an hour, it's about 20 bucks. If you're two hours or more, $30 to park in one of these garages. Huh. I thought this would be somewhere you could just park and head off to your destination and come back and your car would be right there. Oh, the days of when you could jump on a plane rather easily and then jump off a plane and your car would be right there. But to Nashville's airport authorities' credit, not often do we see zero charge options these days and so again if you're going to the nashville airport anytime and you're trying to pick somebody up for example if you go into that parking garage up to 30 minutes it's free and that's a great thing all to i guess try to keep people from coming through the terminal area to pick up people way 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 too congested there's a lot of people that live in nashville now there are a lot of people who fly out of the nashville international airport that come in from all over they 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 start flights there. They have Southwest Airline having connecting flights there. And it's one of our busiest airports now in all of the South. And they're having to make some adjustments there in the Music City for that. And so we wish them well and a way to maybe save a little money if you're having to go pick up pick up somebody soon at the Nashville Airport. I know I've picked up people at the Atlanta Airport, the busiest airport in the world. And what a disaster. What an absolute disaster that was. And that was in the days right when, uh, I guess, Uber and Rideshare and all those options were just coming out and I had to pick somebody up and I had to fight with all those. And I'm sure it's gotten even worse, at least at Atlanta's airport. Uh, Don't call me, y'all, if you need a pick up from the airport, unless you're calling me to pick you up at, let's say, the uh, Ozark, Alabama airport, or maybe, let's say here... Uh, the, uh, 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 give me a town in Kentucky. How about the, uh, Pikeville airport? Yeah, I'll pick you up there. 
but don't don't ask me to come pick you up at one of these big airports. Just just uh, way too much to ask of a of a fella, in my opinion. But no, I probably would still do it because I'm I'm just that nice of a guy. You know who's a nice guy? That would be Paul Hare. And Paul is standing by. When we come back, we're going to go to him for all of the financial news of the week and how the retailers have fared after Black Friday and Cyber Monday. All that is right ahead. It's the Hare Financial Group's report for the week right here on the Y'all Show. Continuing on with our fun here, this is the show all about what's going on in the South. We try to entertain you, we try to educate you, and you know, sometimes we try to put a little bit more money in your pocket, and our key for doing that often is Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group, the Hare Financial Group, an insurance and investment agency that you can reach at 731-664-0047. Paul, hope you had a very good Thanksgiving, and welcome back into the Y'all Show, sir. Well, I had a really good Thanksgiving, and, um, well, I'm glad to be back in the Y'all Show. Other than sounding like Froggy from Our Gang, I tell you, it's that time of year again, is it not? Hold on. Our Gang, Little Rascals, Our Gang? Oh, yeah. And who Little did you, who did you, you say you sound? I don't remember Froggy. Oh, you got to look him up. He uh, was a young kid that had a real deep bass voice he uh, ended up getting dying at age 16 in a motorcycle wreck Man. but uh he was when spanky and alfalfa and all them grew up and they went from the little rascals to our gang so uh, he joined that group so yeah i actually that show has had a tremendous impact on me paul well how's that i've got a brother named spanky do you yeah i sure do Wow. That's the only name he's been going by since he was like one year old. So, and, Spanky. But he's not as friendly as the one from the TV show. I'll tell you that. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, uh, I remember the Little Rascals, the uh, Charge of the Light Brigade from mm-hmm. Alfalfa. We're going way back. So Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they can't show that anymore. They can't show it, the Three Stooges or uh, – or uh, cartoons anymore. They're too violent, and they're not socially acceptable now. Well, that's a bunch of bull, Paul. Mm-hmm. Little Rascals was it a good, good, great show, and and enjoyed when I got a chance to see it decades, of course, after they made that program back, I guess, mostly in the 1930s, right? Oh, yeah. Tw- uh, late 20s, early 30s. Um, and my favorite one is uh, – Spanky meets the uh, wild man from Barneo, and it's absolutely hilarious. If you ever get to watch it, look that one up. Spanky, uh, uh, the wild man from Barneo, 
I'll put that on my week, weekend off. viewing, Paul Hare. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that's a, a Spanky's a pretty good name, I guess. Um, there's a lot more Bubba's down here. Are you buddies with any Bubba's? Oh, yeah. I've got several friends that are Bubba's and Billy Ray's and Billy Joe's and, you know, all that. Yeah. You, you know you any know. Spanky's? Uh, no, not that I remember. No, I knew a Pogo when I was in Benton, Kentucky back in the 60s. Uh, but probably no Buckwheat. You, you don't need Buckwheat? No, don't know any Buckwheat. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about how the markets have uh, come out of that Thanksgiving break and retail as well. So, what can you tell us after well, things got shut down a little bit last week? Well, we had one of the largest, in fact, the largest uh, retail online purchasing in in ever we had 9.8 billion dollars spent online uh, most of it was spent with either uh scheduled payments with a firm paypal shopify or block which means our consumer debt went up even more we're now well over a trillion dollars in consumer debt so that's kind of scary but uh they had one of the best years now there's a big argument between which is actually retail, in-store retail, or which is online. And what I mean by that is some people ordered online and had it shipped to the store. So are they saying that's an online sale or an in-store sale? So they're trying to – I say it's an online sale, so they're trying to uh, decide where they're going to put that – those sales. But even retail, uh, mortar and brick retail – was up 4%, but it's still down 2.4% over the year. So those stocks are not showing well, real, uh, real well, that's hard to say, when you have a sore throat. But anyhow, um, we're seeing the best November we had, best month uh, we've had in a while. We have to go all the way back to July of last year, and even to July of this year, they had uh, – July seemed to have a good month. We had a great a big sell-off in October, but now we're climbing back up. Like I said before, about three weeks ago, we're going to see a fourth quarter rally. We're seeing that now. Uh, but the first 45 days of next year will determine the first six months. Now, it really depends, and here's what we're hedging on, is energy cost. Uh, are we going to see loosening of uh, uh Oh, uh, production cuts because they want the uh, the election to go a certain way. Uh, we don't know. So, uh, anyhow, uh, we're waiting to see. So, your guess is as good as mine. What are you hearing in terms of how retailers have done since Black Friday and Cyber Monday are in the books? Uh, everybody's up. Everybody is way up. But, again, I say the concern is is how they're paying for it. They're okay. paying it with four to six payments on a firm or Spotify or PayPal or even, you know, Block, which Block does not have a big cut of the uh, uh, business, but they are a player. But I don't know that who that much. is. Block? Block. It's it's uh, one of those companies that's like a firm or Sp- uh, Shopify or uh, PayPal. It just, you pay in increments. And uh, they charge all the interest up front. So it's kind of like a car note. You pay all the interest up front. And, uh, so what they'll do is they'll figure, all right, I'm going to buy this product. I'm going to pay it over 12-month payment. Well, they add all the interest in, and the first payment you're paying is interest up front. Then you start paying the principal. 
So if you go in and say, I'm going to buy something that costs $1,200 and they add the interest over that time period is 200 so your payment's 1400 well, the first 200 you pay is going to be the interest. Then they start paying off the, because they go ahead and annualize the interest and add it into the payment. Hmm. Now, since we're referencing 1920s TV shows, can I take you back to the past a little bit here and ask, All right. and ask if this still applies today? Do you remember when stores had layaway? Yeah. Is there anything like that today? Some stores still do it, but that's basically what you're doing with, you know, the ones I've just mentioned. Well, that's kind of what I called, was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's called buy now, pay later. But the pro, but you know, everybody says, well, what if they default on it? Well, they expect and they figure in their payments and in their interest and all that, there's going to be a 25 percent default. Now, if it's less than that, they make more money. If it's more than that, no, they, they lose money, but they figure in a 25% default rate. And that's how they set their payments up. So, But the layaway, I mean, I don't see a lot of stores doing that anymore. Uh, they just say, hey, you, we do our layaway, layaway program with these firm, Shopify, PayPal. Uh, we'll do it with PayPal, you know, but then you st- still take the item home with you. So... And I keep hearing you talking about Shopify. Now, I have a Shopify account because I have a retail option. Why would the general public need to be dealing with Shopify? Well, I mean, it's just one of the many avenues you can purchase. I like, I've got, I've got Shopify and PayPal. I don't have a firm. I don't have a block. Um, I just have Shopify and PayPal. And when you go on there, you can say, okay, hey, you want to pay it all up front or here's your payment? Well, if you add the payments up, now it depends on how they do it. You know, you ever notice you get a discount if you pay in full or if you pay by payment, there's no discount. Well, what they're doing is in that price, sometimes they're going ahead and adding in at least 50% of the interest they're going to charge you. So uh, you're, you're actually, when you do that, you pay a service fee and all that good fun stuff and then, you know, you, you pay the actual pro- retail price of the product. But if you pay it in payments, they get their service fee, their interest, and the price of the product. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. Paul Harris, yeah. who, we're, who we're visiting with today, Paul with the Hare Financial Group, an insurance and investment agency that you can reach at 731-664-0047. Paul, I know you're not feeling so good today. Right. I wonder how well you were feeling Thursday night, and did you tune in, if you were feeling at least uh, well enough to t- turn on the television, did you see the Ron DeSantis v. Gavin Newsom debate on Fox News Channel? I missed it. I was out. I, um, I did not see it. I'm going to go back and see the replay. How did it go? I thought it went really well, but I was hoping you had watched it because one of the things that Gavin Newsom was up defending and in my opinion, proudly promoting was his economic track record in California. And as a guy well, that, as a guy that doesn't live in California, all I hear about is how things out there are uh, uh, not, it's not livable out there. So what does Paul well, have to say about me, Cali? Well, I'll tell you this. I've got five, I've picked up five clients this year that strictly moved from California. Okay. 
And I sat down with him and we were talking. And uh, one lady said, don't say it. We know it and we're not going to do it. And I said, don't say what? She said, don't tell me not to bring don't tell me not to bring my California politics to Tennessee because that's why I moved from California to get away from California politics. Um, I just saw an interesting thing this morning. They had a statistic. 104,000 Californias moved from California to Texas and only 40,000 moved from Texas to California. So Texas got a 64,000, you know, increase in population. Now, what what their politics are, I don't know. But uh, I know in Nashville, there's a billboard says, thanks, California, uh, Massachusetts, Illinois, you have screwed up Nashville. Really? uh, Yeah, I don't know if that billboard's still up there. But I asked one of the locals, I said, what does that mean? I knew what it meant, but I want to hear what he said. He said, we've had all these people move in here, and they've changed the politics of Nashville, that even even country music stars are moving out. He said, they're not only moving out from Franklin, they're moving out of Williamson County because the politics is so screwed up. So, okay. You know, I'm just like, okay, you know. <laughs> Man, again, Williamson it was County. Really, it was really interesting. It was interesting. But I'll tell you what we're telling people right now in the market. Let's get you in good, large-cap value products. We're going to do that because even if a recession comes, they're going to hold their weight best against the recession. We're seeing interest rates go back down. The 10-year, as I stand here right now, it's at 4, uh, 4.324. And it wasn't a month ago, we were it was knocking on the door of 5. But now it's way down. It is down, uh, you know, almost 70 basis points. The Fed is going quiet. There will be no more hikes this year, probably no more hikes, period. The market is pricing in a rate cut in April. I think that's a little optimistic, uh, but I play on the conservative side. I'm going to say point blank, uh, I think it'll be June, if the, the earliest in my opinion, but all the experts are saying that it could be as early as April. So if it's April, That tells me that Powell has seen something in the labor market, excuse me, in the labor market that we see uh, wages coming down. I can tell you this. I've had clients that have switched or trying to switch jobs, and they're at a certain pay level and uh, have applied for other jobs and be the qualified person. But uh, one of the HR people just kind of, point blank told them your salary came in too high of a demand. We're trying to get our salary costs down. So some people, some companies are doing that by hiring at a lower rate. Now you don't see the, I think the wage war here in Jackson is going to subside. It'll probably be the end of 2024, maybe early 2025, but you know, we still have a wage war going on here in Jackson, Tennessee. So that's my thoughts. Um, if you've got money that's just sitting on the sideline, we still got good interest rates out there. Even though interest rates have come down, we're still on certain monies offering as high as 6%. Most of it's going to be around 5.75. Uh, 
or it's 5.85% guaranteed for anywhere from a five to a seven-year period. So there's still good rates out there to have if you've got money just sitting around that you know you're not going to need for a while, or if you just want a guaranteed interest rate income without affecting your principal and no fluctuation in the interest rates. You know, we've got that. So that's what we're mainly dealing with right now, John, is Mm. seeing that going on. Do I think um, if you want to go election, uh, I heard McCarthy say this, and it's true. If Trump's the nomination, uh, the nominee gets the nomination for the Republican, if he's talking about his campaign is about renew, restore, and reinvigorate America, He's got a good shot of winning. If it's about revenge and retaliation, he won't win. So if he gets the nomination, he better change his tune on what he's going to do. So we'll see. And Kevin McCarthy said that? Kevin McCarthy said that. He said he would support whoever the Republican nominee is. He said, if it's Trump, this is what we're advising him. Be renew, uh, regenerate, you know, and restore America. Don't be revenge and uh, retaliation because you won't win. Okay, good. I just thought he gave four-letter words to Trump based on some of the news stories this week. Hey, Paul, well, I wanted to yeah. ask you, it's it's actually December 1st today. We're in right. the final month of the year, and Hare Financial Group is both an insurance and investment agency. So I wanted to ask you, Mr. Our gang himself today, I I wanted to ask you, you little rascal, you, I wanted to ask, is there something we need to be doing in this final month of the year to kind of get us uh, squared away? If you can, go ahead and max out your 401k. Get it maxed out. Go and get that done. Get your SEP IRA contributed. If you've got a, a HSA like I do, go ahead and max it out. Okay, you're allowed to put $3,875 per person into your HSA, even if you, you know, and everybody goes, well, why do I want to do that? If you're in a 20% tax bracket and you put that money in there and you're married, you're going to get $1,500 reduction in your tax bill. So go ahead and put it in there. You can draw it out. It earns tax-free. You can draw it out to pay eyeglasses, dental work, whatever. But if you know you're having a big medical, medical expense coming up, go ahead and put that money in the HSA. And then that way you get the write-off and you can pay the bill. So that's my recommendation right now is get your IRA, contribute your SEP, contributed, uh, max out your 401K, your 403B, get it all in there now, and uh, let's go from there. All right. Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group, 731-664-0047. Paul, have a great weekend, sir. Have a great weekend. i got to say this because it's required. I'm a registered rep. I'm Securities America, member SIPC. I wasn't going to let you get out of here without that, you you little Uh, rascal, you. Well, hey, how about those uh, Kentucky Wildcats? We beat Louisville at Louisville, and then we beat eighth-ranked Miami in basketball at Rupp Arena. So we're looking good. All right. Make sure you bring all the Kentucky goings-on to the show. When they lose, are you going to do that? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll admit when we lose. I'll admit when we lose. All right. Paul, have a good weekend. Great to talk to you. It's great talking to you. Take care. All right. More of the Y'all Show is coming up. We're going to talk about new movies, y'all.
You know, sometimes on the Y'all Show, you just need to have an Ann Murray moment, huh? What a great song from the 1980s from her. Now and forever, you and me. Inside your eyes, I can see mysteries there. There was her last number one song. That one's from 1986. The very beautiful and talented Nova Scotian. And Murray. We're back here talking about what's going on across the Southeast today. We're going to wrap up this second hour of the Y'all Show with some movie talk, y'all. Got some new films hitting the theaters this weekend, and I still haven't made it out to see Napoleon which actually debuted last week alongside Wish. And it's my wish to go see Napoleon. That thing's about three hours long. So I better not drink a lot before I go in there because I can't hold it that long. Not that y'all need to know my uh, (laughs) bodily fluid schedule. And I bet you many of you probably can't hold it for three hours. So I'm just, I'm giving you a heads up. I'm I'm looking out for you here on the y'all show those are movies that came out last week, but again, this week we've got some new movies that are hitting theaters, and one of those is Silent Night. Joel Kenneman and Catalina Marino are in this one, alongside Harold Torres, in Silent Night, an action movie. A grieving father enacts his long-awaited revenge against a ruthless gang on Christmas Eve. So you could put this one down as a Christmas movie. I guess, but it's more of an action. You know, you think about Christmas and action movies, and I heard a discussion about this earlier this week, now that we've turned the calendar to December, and Die Hard gets listed as a Christmas movie. And I don't know if it was Die Hard or Die Hard 2 that's more of the Christmas movie, maybe both of them. But I actually have a a fun memory of Die Hard 2, the conclusion of that movie, there's a big bridge scene in that. And I think he dangles off the bridge and all that. That was the old Cooper River Bridge that that movie was set on and filmed. And I actually went and covered that back in 1993. The spring of 93 was when that was being filmed in Charleston or Mount Pleasant, whichever side of the river that they were on at the time. But, uh, yeah, that Die Hard 2 was filmed partially in the low country of South Carolina, and I was working for a TV station that went out there and covered that particular bridge closure. And that's in the days when I was there at uh, the TV station that a lady that I was uh, hoping to run across one day and, and get to be a little bit more friendly with, 
I never had the chance. And she went on to be pretty darn famous out there in TV world. Nancy Odell, at that time known as Nancy Humphreys when she was in Charleston. But Nancy Odell was a cub reporter working in the same market that I was learning the, the tricks of the trade of television at that time. And, and I think I might have seen Nancy covering that closure of the bridge to film Die Hard 2. I just didn't have a chance to say hello. And that still pains me. Nancy's doing all right. You know, she's not even really on TV that much anymore, but for a long time, she was sort of the uh, go-to person for a lot of awards and a lot of TV shows and more. And then she kind of disappeared a little bit after Trump made the move on her. Remember that story about where Trump, who has a house at Mar-a-Lago, and I think Nancy O'Dell lives somewhere down near Mar-a-Lago, and Trump wanted her to go shopping, uh, furniture shopping with him, and she turned him down. And that came out, but she's kind of been very quiet about that. And uh, bad on you, Trump, for trying to mess with her. And and good on her, good old Clemson alum that she is, for shooting you down when you were a married man. I assume all that's true. It all came out uh, somewhere around the election of 2016. I, and, and again, I haven't really seen Nancy O'Dell that, that often these days. I guess she was on entertainment tonight for a long time and and all that uh, but yeah back in the day she was just a, a a reporter for one of the affiliates there in charleston so let's talk about movies this weekend that movie silent night out also you got a new movie called the shift and this is a movie that neil mcdonough stars in now if you don't know neil i love this guy because he played the role of one of the young lieutenants in the series Band of Brothers. He's the guy that had the gray hair as a lieutenant in that great Tom Hanks directed action World War II series that HBO debuted back around 2001. And Neil McDonough was the guy on there that had gone to school at UCLA. And now he is the headliner on this new movie called The Shift. The Shift is a sci-fi movie that is described in its description. After meeting a mysterious stranger, a man must escape a dystopian world to return to his wife. Neil McDonough stars in this alongside Sean Astin, Christopher Pola, and Elizabeth Tabish. Elizabeth Tabish is in this movie, and I'm going to introduce you to Elizabeth because she has connections to the South. As Elizabeth Tabish grew up partially in Texas, I think she lives in Texas now, but she went to college at Oklahoma State University, where she received both her undergrad degree in screen studies and she got a Master's of Arts in Theater from the Stillwater, Oklahoma-based institution. She was born in Texas back in 1986, so 37 years young is Elizabeth Tabish. And one of the things that, if you haven't seen her, she has been in a couple of roles. She has had a a little bit of a a struggle getting nationwide fame, but one of the things that she's most known for, she was in the series called The Chosen, and she portrayed Mary Magdalene in The Chosen, which is a very, very powerful, religious-filled presentation. So you might know her from there. 
But she's in this new movie that is out this weekend, Elizabeth Tabish. It's called The Shift. And let's go in and hear a conversation that Elizabeth Tabish recently did with Brittany Valdez. This is on Brittany's YouTube channel, and she talks about how she's had some struggles, but the good Lord has guided her through the process. Actress Elizabeth Tabish. I, I think of, of the the flip in, in my mind and in my heart. Um, the, the second I realized, like, I need to let go of what I thought was my dream. And I realized that the version of what I thought it was, was really selfish. It was like success and fame and, and, and really cool, sexy roles. And like, I'm like, this isn't actually what I want. And I let go of it by saying like, I don't want to work anymore. I told my agent to stop submitting me. I'm like, this isn't the, something feels wrong here, you know? And and it was literally like that week, like that's when it happened, the audition for The Chosen of like, I, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't have, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have seen it coming. I, I wasn't seeing this coming. And, um, and it meant so much more, I think, because I was ready to let it go. You know, like it was like, oh, now that you maybe let go of the, I don't know, egotistical parts of it, then like God can give you what you want, but you have to like change in order to, to do it. You know, you have to like surrender in order to do it. And that's been a, such a, I mean, transformative lesson. Yes. All right. That again is actress Elizabeth Tabish. She plays again, Mary Magdalene in the chosen. And she's in this brand new mil, uh, movie that is in theaters this weekend called the shift sci-fi movie that you might want to check out and i'm really looking forward to seeing this rising star and a powerful story that she shared there about basically giving up on her career but then god opens up doors in ways you never would have imagined more of the y'all show coming up it's hour three you don't want to miss it Welcome in. It's the final hour of the week. It's the first day of December, and let's all have one big old party and sing along. Keep from crying when she told me goodbye. Well, I knew, Lord, it was breaking her heart, and she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. So I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights, misery looking for some company. And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd, slamming them back and laughing out loud with the smoke so thick, the blues Tight. 
Welcome into the weekend. Welcome into the first weekend in the month of December. This is the Y'all Show. John is my name. And don't be bashful. Let's all put on a positive spin to the weekend with a little sing-along here to party crowd. Join me now. Let me hear you. <laughs> and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. Yeah, when the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd. Oh, one more time, everybody. Looking for a party crowd, slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. You got a big Christmas party you're going to this weekend. That song right there, even though not quite a Christmas tune, might sound really good coming out of that jukebox you got there at the office Christmas party. We're back here on the Y'all Show. Always a pleasure to be with you as we get you set for all the weekend fun on Fridays. And it is a pleasure to talk about what's going on in the South when we get together all five days of the work week. You know, we haven't expanded yet to have a, a Saturday or Sunday edition of the Y'all Show, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely consider it just for just for you. And as I said, this is the program all about the South that you can reach us as we've got a couple of ways to do that. We've got our email address, M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com. And then we have our text line that's open on Saturdays and Sundays, as well as the other days of the week, 615-208-4184, the way you can reach us. We've got some stuff coming in from that text line that we'll get to in our next segment because we're going to have some fun, as we call it, hashtag hullabaloo in our upcoming segment where we'll be discussing things that come in on social media and in our email inbox. And one of the things we're going to be breaking down is Stucky's pecan logs. I'm going to tell you a lot more about Stucky's and how the granddaughter of the founder of Stucky's is reviving that company. And she's a good Georgia lady that is a very smart lady. She's been a lawyer. She's been a state representative in the Peach State. And now she's taken over the reins of the family enterprise, Stucky's. And we'll tell you a little bit more of the history of Stucky's and talk about those delicious Pecan logs. All that's coming up, plus snow in the south and our hashtag hullabaloo all right here on the Y'all Show. And before the hour is up, we've got actually something to help your house smell like Christmas. And it is a great little read that I think this is, where did that come from? Martha Stewart? Is she? Yeah, MarthaStewart.com. Ten natural ways to make your home smell like Christmas. Martha Did you have a hand in writing this? No. Actually, Roxana Calderon wrote it. But I'm sure Martha approves. But we've got some ways to make your house smell 
like Christmas. And we're going to get to that before we wrap up the y'all show for this week. Now, this is our segment of our Friday show after we come out of David Lee getting us in a party mode to we like to kick into something that's specific to the day or where we are as a society and a little bit of history that we can throw in if we get a chance here in this section of the y'all show that we call the Friday free for y'all. And today we're going to, we're going to mix in something that's both historic and something that's very apropos for today. If you haven't looked at your phone today, go ahead and look at the actual date that today is. It's December 1st. We have made it to the 12th month of the year. And that means also we got about 25 days until Christmas arrives. But when thinking about a good song to play to get us in the December frame of mind, there's really no better song to play than a guy named Merle Haggard, a song he came out with called If We Make It Through December. And this was released in October of 1973. It was from the album Merle Haggard's Christmas Present. It was the lead single from it. And in the late 1960s and early 1970s, the hag was dominating the record charts and and also the airplay charts across country music. He was on a roll. And so having a song like this, sort of a, a Christmas song, if you will, do as well as if we make it through December did, rather surprising. This thing went to number one on the Hot Country Songs chart. On the Billboard Hot 100 chart, it went all the way to 28. It even went to number 16 on the Easy Listening chart. It spent four weeks at number one on the country chart. And uh, just a, a tremendous, tremendous success for a song that Merle actually wrote. And it came out again late October of 1973 and Merle in this song it is a song about how the poet of the common man Merle Haggard was and what a great songwriter he was it kind of echoes the desperate optimism of a working class man having to go through economic hardship having been laid off from his factory job just before Christmas the man becomes depressed over his predicament during what normally should be a, quote, happy time of year. And at one point he observes that his little girl don't understand why daddy can't afford no Christmas cheer. It's it's a sad song. But you know what? There are a lot of people whose joyful time of year, Christmas, not so joyful. They've had a hard go of it. They've got struggles with alcohol and drugs. They've got struggles with family Maybe they've got lost love. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they just have a terrible employment situation. Maybe they got all of it. And that's also so common now. You got people who you can check the boxes on almost all of those things for a lot of people. And that's why there are lots of suicides this time of year. And just tragedy happens because the holidays, especially Christmas, is not so joyful for a lot of people. And Merle put kind of an adult spin to Christmas with the release of If We Make It Through December. And so 
Today, we're going to play that song for a guy born in 1937, Merle Haggard. Merle left us back in 2016. He was actually born and died on the same exact day of the year, April 6th. Born in 37 in California and died in 2016 in California. One of country music's greatest singers, one of country music's greatest songwriters, the poet of the common man, again, his nickname and all those years that he and the strangers put out great songs. Again, a guy who had been in prison at one time, Ronald Reagan pardoned him at one point, but he came up in the Bakersfield area of California, would go on to San Quentin, and then somewhere along the way decided he wanted to give music a shot, a a real big shot, and he didn't give up on his quest to be a household name. And indeed, his goal of making it big did come through for Merle Haggard, one of the great ones in all of music. And I remember seeing, back when Obama was in office, Haggard being honored at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., and I saw him playing Silver Wings. And even Barack Obama was mouthing the words to Silver Wings when it was being played there in Washington, D.C. And, wow, what a what a legend. The hag, Merle Haggard. And this song that's considered a Christmas song for many, I think it's just a good song. I, this is a song that truly should be played and has been played year-round, not just when the Yuletide arrives. But let's go back to 1973 for this chart topper. It is If We Make It Through December, perfect for December 1st. If we make it through December Everything's gonna be alright, I know It's the coldest time of winter And I shiver when I see the falling snow If we make it through December Got plans to be in a warmer town come summertime Maybe even California If we make it through December we'll be fine Got laid off down at the factory And their timing's not the greatest in the world Heaven knows I've been working hard Wanted Christmas to be right for daddy's girl I don't mean to hate December It's meant to be the happy time of year And my little girl don't understand Why daddy can't afford no Christmas here If we make it through December Everything's gonna be alright, I know It's the coldest time of winter And I shiver when I see the falling snow 
If we make it through December Got plans to be in a warmer town come summertime Maybe even California If we make it through December we'll be fine What a classic. If we make it through December from the hag, Merle Haggard right here on the y'all show as we have made it to December, not through, but we've made it to December. Happy December 1st. And we thought we'd play a little song like that to get you in a December frame of mind. And back in 1973, that was a chart topper for the poet of the common man, as it was there on top of the country music chart for four consecutive weeks. What a true, true American music legend, Mr. Merle Haggard. Unfortunately, not a Southerner, but a Southerner at heart. (laughs) You know, I know he was a Southerner at heart because the only time I really ever got around Merle Haggard, it was when he and Marty Stewart teamed up to launch the Waffle House Tour back around 2006, 2007, and I got a chance to go interview both of those guys. And sure enough, it was the Waffle House tour that Marty Stewart and Merle launched. And that's pretty dang Southern if if I can, uh, you know, pass that along to the great one there, Merle Haggard. Good job, sir, and thank you for one heck of a library of country music Just tremendous songs and songs that he wrote, and his music will live on forever. Merle Haggard right here on The Y'all Show. We've got more of this fun, our final hour of The Y'all Show for the week. We've got social media fun specifically that we got queued up, and it's coming at you next. We're going to have a great conversation about Stucky's Pecan Logs. Probably been a while since you've had one of those bad boys. I'll tell you all about it next. A Georgia boy. You probably can see him hanging out in Dahlonega these days. Zach Brown and G.A. Clay. There's a lot of clay in Georgia. Trust me. I've had to clean it off my car a few times through the years. And some really, really red, red clay in that Georgia ground. Zach Brown band right here on the Y'all Show. All right, can we move on from talking about dirt to talking about 
pecan logs out of the state of Georgia? We will. I'll get to that because we got some social media fun that's come in that has to do with a great Georgia company. Zach Brown, you'd be proud of that, sir. But let me catch up with a quick text that came in during the break. A texter has reached out to us regarding what we were just doing before we went to break, and that was playing If We Make It Through December from Merle Haggard. Texter says, one of my favorite Merle Haggard tunes. I completely agree. It is a a fantastic song, and that's why we played it. Number one, because it's a fantastic song. But number two, it's perfect for December 1st. And let me remind all of you, happy December. Happy December, y'all, and an early Merry Christmas. Yes, we are all about Christmas here and saying Merry Christmas just like a lot of you out there are, okay? So happy, happy December and Merry Christmas officially. Now that we have gotten behind, you know, Thanksgiving's in the rear view. It's all about Christmas for just about everybody here in the South going forward the next few weeks. And you know you might be able to stop by one of these places if you happen to live near one before Christmas arrives and have plenty of stocking stuffers if you can find you a Stuckies. And Stuckies is being talked about today because on social media in this segment we called hashtag Hullabaloo, Retro Highway has an X account at Retro Highway. And it says, something good is cooking. If you like my tweets, please follow. And Retro, I like your tweets because the last one that you put up says, Sunday's pecan log roll is an iconic southern treat. Are you a fan? At Stucky Stop. S-T-U-C-K-E-Y-S-T-O-P. The Stucky's pecan, if you're east of the Chattahoochee, Stucky's pecan log, if you're west of the Chattahoochee. The Stucky's pecan log roll is, according to this guy, Retro Highway, An iconic Southern treat. Are you a fan? You know what? It has been a long, long, long time since I've had an actual Stuckey's branded pecan log. But I did have one not long ago. And I'm not going to talk about where I got the other one because it is a similar type company that has moved in from Texas to a large portion of the South now. And boy, do they have an amazing pecan log that they've got right on the counter when you check out that's why i bought it and it was well worth the couple of dollars that was one bidenomics purchase that i was proud to pay for because i get why pecans from georgia are pretty expensive it's a hard thing to harvest it is a hard thing to cook up just right and they did that at this certain place that i won't mention the name because i'd rather talk about stuckies and you know what? I think I did have a Stuckey's, come to think of it. Because Stuckey's, if you are old enough to remember, were pretty common. They were a pit stop, a convenience store, often found in the southeast. And the good news is there are still Stuckey's out there. May not be completely Stuckey's as far as like the whole store, but maybe a little section of the store could be branded Stuckey's. But the thing that Stuckey's convenience stores in the South were known for and are known for, the pecan log and the souvenirs they've got in there. And Stuckey's also sells apparel, souvenirs. They've got candy. And it's a company that started way back in 1937 by 
a guy named W.S. Stuckey. And W.S. Stuckey started this company in Eastman, Georgia, which is southeast Georgia, really not on any major interstate these days. But he would drive around that area buying pecans from local farmers and selling them to pecan processors, and he did quite well. In fact, in 1937, Stuckey was selling over $150,000 worth of pecans a year that he ended up making. That's pretty good in the middle of the Great Depression. And so he started opening up roadside stands on Highway 23 in Eastman, Georgia. And lo and behold, before he knew it, his roadside stand concept, especially in those days before interstates popped up, and people were driving on the Highway 23s of the world and the Highway 1s of the world going to Florida, he mopped up. In fact, my own family has a connection to that part of Georgia and the pecan slash pecan business. I have a distant cousin, I would say second or third cousin, that he and his brother somewhere in that 1930, 1940 time period went down to Georgia in that same section and opened up Rawls Pecan. And I've seen some great pictures on websites where they had their roadside pecan places for people traveling to Florida back in the 1950s and 60s. And they did quite well. They did really well for for a while. And one of those may still be in existence, but we're talking third and fourth cousins, so I don't really have them on speed dial to call them up real quick. But, but I sure have heard about it, so I guess my family and the Stuckies were going up against each other. So the Stucky name really caught on there, and then you started seeing more Stuckies pop up. There would ultimately be 350 Stuckies stores in the United States. And a wonderful memory for many of you, if you traveled maybe on vacation and more, you, you would travel and you'd see these things, and you'd probably stop and get you a, a pecan log. But just like a lot of businesses, ultimately Stuckies would suffer and go down, and the family would ultimately sell out. They would they would have to give up ownership of the company to some other enterprise. And that's what happened. And it went down, down, down. Well, not long ago, the granddaughter of Stuckey's founder, Stephanie Stuckey, decided to get out of politics. She had been a member of the Georgia House of Representatives for 14 years. She's a UGA alum and a UGA-trained lawyer. And in 2019, Stephanie bought out Stuckey's Corporation. She bought it for a half million dollars. And she became a third-generation CEO of Stuckey's. And she's now come in and has made restoring Stuckey's profitability as a major goal. And she's doing a great job. She has purchased a pecan shelling and candy plant in Wrens, Georgia. And that's making a big difference. And Stephanie Stuckey at 
58 years. No, she's, she was born on Christmas Day. Happy early birthday to you, Stephanie Stuckey. She was born Christmas Day, 1965, so she'll be turning 58. She's 57 currently, but she, again, bought this thing out, and she's trying to make a difference with her family name there with Stuckey's. And today, Stuckey's has 65 licensed locations primarily in our southern states. The distribution center is still in the town that it started in, Eastman, Georgia. And so kudos for Stephanie for helping out and and getting the the name back out there. We'll have to get her on the Y'all Show soon. Y'all don't mind me having a beautiful, talented lawyer-turned-CEO stop by and talk about pecan logs, do you? I didn't think that would be a problem but she's uh, definitely trying to make a difference on the comeback of her granddaddy, W.S. Stuckey Seniors Company, and we wish her well. But Stuckey's, yes, it's out there, and those pecan logs are delish. Stuckey's.com, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you want to learn more, maybe they've got, I guess they've got a way on Stuckey's.com, S-T-U-C-K-E-Y-S.com. They've got a way for you to order holiday gift tins. They've been doing it since 1937, so a really cool option for you. I mean, if you are really pressed for a good holiday gift idea, who would turn down a gift tin full of treats from Stuckies? And go to Stuckies.com, and congratulations to Stephanie for buying out her granddaddy's company, and we'll try to get her on the Y'all Show here pretty soon. So, pecan logs. Thank you. Retro Highway for bringing that to our attention on this Friday Y'all Show. Moving on, kind of speaking of the sweets of the world, how about this X account, Alicia Art Fanimations, at Alicia Art O-W-O specifically is the X account. And Alicia writes, I'm slow but sweet like molasses, hashtag Southern. I appreciate that honesty, Alicia. She's slow but sweet like molasses, and she relates all that to being Southern. You know, we are a little slow, but what's wrong with that? And we are a little sweet, and and what's wrong with that? And what's wrong with molasses? I guess that's what you get when you're slow and sweet, but I'm not going to apologize for being slow nor sweet. That's what the South's known for. We're full of sweet folks. Now, some of our folks out there aren't exactly slow. Just saying, Alicia. Lastly, in our hashtag hullabaloo for today, Shamira Myers is on X at Shamira underscore M-Y-E-R-S Myers. And she's got something perfect for December since it is, as Merle Haggard told us, the coldest time of year. We may not have it this weekend in most of our southern states, but We're going to have some snowfall coming pretty soon. And Shamara has put up a image on her ex account that has a picture of snow in the north compared to snow in the south. And the picture of snow in the north shows an interstate with cars flowing along nicely. Yes, snow's on the highway and stacked up on the side of the interstate, but the cars seem to be doing just fine. And the snow in the south image shows cars on an interstate with flames ablaze, cars in a malfunction junction, 
It's just not a good thing when there's snow in the South. And Shamira writes, y'all know it's true. And she's got this image put up there. Hashtag Southern Truth is her hashtag for this emoji again of the comparison of snow in the North compared to snow in the South. Well, as we say down here, Shamira, we don't care how they do it up North. And so, yeah, they may be able to cruise right along on snowy, icy days and not clog up the interstates and have fiery crashes. But in the South, it's still a little uh, treacherous for most of us who have never lived up North. And a lot of us, especially as we get a little older, realize, you know, on these snow and icy days, I think I'll just stay home. I think I'll just call it in today, get on the old computer and do my work instead of risking it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's the smart thing. So we appreciate all the social media fun. We call it hashtag hullabaloo, and that will wrap up our social media fun for the week. Again, if you've got something social media-wise that you just can't wait to share with us, feel free to pass that along to us anytime at M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. We're going to wrap this hour, this week's worth of shows up when we come back from MarthaStewart.com, 10 natural ways to make your home smell like Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Hang on. Side is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It shows no signs of stopping. I brought some corn for popping, and lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight. I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow What a great tune there to get us in Christmas mindset on the Y'all Show. That song there, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Let me do a little whistling for you. Uh, Oh, no, true confession, that's not really me whistling here. But I'm going to whistle about Steve Warner because he's the guy singing that tune right there. And Steve, just like the lady we were telling you in the previous segment, Stephanie Stuckey, who was born on Christmas Day, Steve Warner, the great country music singer-songwriter and wonderful American. Steve was born on Christmas Day as well. And if you go pick up the album of which this song is playing right now, it's called Christmas Memories, came back in the came out back in the 1980s. It just hit me that this album is actually called Christmas Memories and it's listed as the artist Steve Noel Warner. Now, I knew that was Steve's middle name because he was born on Christmas Day, but I didn't realize his whole name was printed on the actual Christmas Memories 
record when it came out back in the 1980s. So pretty neat there. And a great picture of Steve and his two boys, Ryan and Ross, I, I think were their names. And I, I think they're still hanging out in Franklin, Tennessee as grown men now. But a fantastic song to kind of close out here this week's worth of y'all shows. And to help us get into a Christmas mindset, we're going to continue on with the Yuletide thoughts. Thanks to MarthaStewart.com. Rosanna Calderon has penned an article that we were passed along this article from our production staff. Ten natural ways to make your home smell like Christmas. You know, it's one thing to have the decorations up and have the lights up and to all to go all out. A lot of you have already gone out getting your home perfectly set up for the Christmas holiday. But do you have the, the smell? Do you have it set up? This article at MarthaStewart.com will fill every room with notes of spice, evergreen, and peppermint using everything from do-it-yourself stovetop potpourri to fragrant wreaths. And we often forget, and someone was telling me the other day that they have this at their house, we often forget that the first gifts in the history of gift-giving were things that smell good, frankincense and myrrh. And I can't, you know, if you put frankincense in front of me right now, I'm not sure I would know what it would smell like. Uh, There's a lot of things I'm not sure that I know what they smell like. Like the the smell of money is something I'm not really familiar with. But, But you have a direct connection with the scent of the important day in the Christian calendar, there's there's a, a real connect there. And so there are some natural ways to make your home smell like Christmas, according to Mar- MarthaStewart.com's article that Miss Calderon wrote. So let's tell you about stove pot. The stove pot, did I say stove? Stove top potpourri. There you have it. That is one of the ways that you can do it. And they've got the directions, if you head to this article at MarthaStewart.com, to show you how you can get the woodsy smell of a winter forest into your home by slowly simmering pine needles, berries, whole cloves, and other spices in a stovetop pot. That's a great idea and a inexpensive idea to make your house smell like Christmas. Also, citrus and spice-scented candles are a way to bring Christmas into your nasal passages. The homemade candle is scented with essential oils of cinnamon bark, clove bud, and cardamom. With the uh, soy wax, when it's melted, it is poured into a glinting copper bowl. It becomes a beautiful gift, according to this article. The cinnamon bird ornament is one way to also bring Christmas smells into your home. You can adorn your Christmas tree with adorable gingerbread birds with fragrant notes of cinnamon and apple. You can decorate the ornament with glitter and beads. And although you can't eat it, it will smell good enough to eat. And again, if you go to the MarthaStewart.com website, you can find this article titled 10 Natural Ways to Make Your House Smell Like Christmas. Perfect, perfect for this time of year. And maybe you'll do like me. I'm not going to go all out on Christmas decorating a little bit too much, but I like to, 
I like the smell of anything that smells good. And so how about scented pine cones? That's a pretty cool thing that you can do to make your house smell like Christmas as pine cones emit a gentle spice forward fragrance. And they've got some tips here how you can mix in essential oils to get that house smelling like Christmas. So, again, go check it out. Ten natural ways to make your home smell like Christmas. Posted right now at MarthaStewart.com. And Martha, thank you for helping get our noses ready for St. Nick. I wonder if she learned some of these tips when she was serving time in prison. <laughs> that's not very that's not very Christian of me to bring that up here at the Yule Tide, but I think Martha's gonna be all right. Don't y'all think? Well that wraps up our y'all show for the week. It has been again a fantastic, fantastic time bringing you all of the goings-on of the South and giving you a good idea of how we are the trendsetter for the rest of the country. We may not have all the millions and millions of people in one of our states like California has. We may not have the skyscrapers of Chicago. We may not have all of the big city lights and Rockefeller Center that Manhattan has, but I wouldn't trade it for a plug nickel. Would you? No, I don't think so. And again, with this time of year we're in, it is officially December. We can enjoy a very, very good Christmas season right here in the South. And we do it each and every day that we gather here on the Y'all Show. It is a program that is devoted to promoting the South, to giving people a little heads up, a little pep in their step about being from right here in Dixie. And as the host of this program, it is absolutely an honor to serve you as the Y'all Show host and give you a dose of this Dixie advice, wisdom, entertainment, and travel. We, we, we got one heck of a mix, and it's really, truly an honor to do that, especially now that we've come to uh, the 12th month of the year. We're wrapping up 2023, and that clock keeps on a ticking, and so we better make the most of our opportunities here on this earth while we can, and that's what we're going to do right here at the Y'all Show. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. We've got championship weekend going on in college football. Some SEC great, great teams getting together. Georgia and Alabama, both of them went undefeated in their respective divisions and in their conference play. And so these two teams, one of which is number one in the country, Georgia, is going to welcome in the top ten tied and the winner should, whether even if it's Alabama, should make it into the college playoff. And if it's Georgia, absolutely, the dogs will make it into to the 14 playoff. Big 12, you got Oklahoma State and Texas getting together. And then in the ACC, it's the Louisville Cardinals and the Florida State Seminoles. And then other conferences are having their championships going on throughout the weekend, including on this Friday evening, you've got some games. And then FCS playoffs continue All that right now in this most special and wonderful time of year where football and the Yuletide come together. Have a wonderful weekend. 
We will be back here on Monday with more shows about the South. You can catch podcasts of the Y'all Show on Spotify, on the iHeartRadio app, on the TuneIn app, plus Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and more. Plus, go to y'all.com, the South's homepage. John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, saluting you and all y'all. We'll see you Monday.